Hello, Kane. Hello, Ben. Hello. How, How are you, you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, totally fine. Totally fine. Happy to Third be time's a charm. Third time's a charm. <laughs> uh, yes, we we have had a few technical glitches, but now feel safe. Touch wood. Yeah. Everything feels Touch good. Wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, people may be wondering why I'm inside the giant cake. I guess we should tell them. Um, yes. This, yeah. So I'm interviewing the man who usually does the interviews because we're celebrating five years of VUX World. Indeed. Yeah. Can you believe Woo! it? Five That's years. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hurts yeah. Yeah. Feel. It's. Uh... It feels good. It feels very good. It, it's been um, a labor of love at times, the podcast, because it's very difficult, as you've probably found out over the last sort of couple of months, to to maintain a cadence um, and to everything that goes on behind the scenes of running a podcast is, uh, you know, a lot of people don't sort of uh, privy to it sort of thing. And uh, so to, to sort of do it, there's been a few weeks off. There was one year, I think maybe it's 2020, where things were really busy for like the summer. So we had like a month where we didn't have any podcasts. But <laughs> apart from that, it's been at least once a week, pretty much for five years, which has been, uh, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. That is incredible. Is it? It's like 200 episodes. Am I right? Or in that region? Uh, I think there's something like 250 odd in yeah. total. Well, that would make yeah. sense. Five years, <laughs> 52 yeah. weeks in a year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My yeah. 250, 260. Uh, no, the, um, the Apple podcasts lets you see how many episodes there is. I don't tend to count the episodes. You know, some podcasts generally will say this is episode XYZ. I've never really done that. I've never really uh, sort of been counting. But uh, I did look on February the 12th when it was actually five years on Apple and it's something like 256 or something like that. Yeah. So it's very close to one episode per week for five years. Yeah, totally. So 256 hours with 256 different guests. That's a lot of information. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah, it is. I've probably forgot 99% of it. (laughs) I hope I haven't. No, I mean, (laughs) If you have, then it's maybe not such a bad thing because we need to filter stuff, right? We need to pick out the best bits because that's what we're all doing, sort of cherry yeah. picking the best information to get better, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And the, most of the guests, the vast, vast majority, have been absolutely fantastic, you know. There's only been a handful, which you're bound to get after 250 conversations. There's been a small handful where the conversation was maybe a little bit difficult or the guest was was probably maybe more cagey than, than others. Um, there's been one or two where, you know, th- I think the guest didn't necessarily um, shine brand new information on things, for example, or perhaps weren't maybe as experienced as, led, as they were led to sort of believe. But... Yeah. That's that's like a very small handful. The vast majority of all the conversations have been absolutely unbelievable. Like I can't believe that people. Firstly, people are willing to spend their time with us to to chat about this stuff is is phenomenal, really, because everyone's so busy. Just to get an hour of someone's time is is you know very difficult to do. So so I'm really thankful that people are, are willing to dedicate their time. Um, and. Yeah, it's it's been it's been the enabler of everything that we do today, basically, you know, um, which is crazy. No, it's, it's totally brilliant. It's it's sort of I was actually thinking about this the other day that maybe 
it's not so ironic that starting a conversational AI consultancy begins with lots and lots of conversations. Yeah, yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, that's fundamentally what it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because that's the core of it. Like being a good conversationalist, being able to understand how to, you know, lead people uh, towards conclusions, like getting their views and things. That's basically what we're trying to get AI to do. I know I'm being extremely yeah. general, but having an idea of how to hold a conversation is fundamental to what we're doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think doing a podcast generally makes you even if it's not a conscious thing over time it actually does make you a little bit better at having conversations mm -hmm. because and, and fundamentally the i think for me at least anyway the biggest sort of skill i think i've learned from doing the podcast for five years which is inherently applicable to conversational ai only in a different way is yeah. listening yep that's the yep. biggest that's all you need to do really <laughs> it's actually pretty simple you just need to listen and really do, like dial in to what's being said. Yeah. And as long as you're listening, whatever comes next is inherently going to be related and you know, you're know you probing to areas that interest you and then you just sit and listen again. It's actually fairly, it's tiring, but it's an easy thing to do really is just to listen. And for conversational AI applications, that's if they're not listening and they're not able to understand, that's fundamentally a broken system, isn't it? Like that's, the, that's mainly the, the, the only job or half of the job is listening and understanding, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great insight. I think I've got everything I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> Done. Goodbye then. <laughs> <laughs> You're not totally. going to give me any cake. You've got some cake behind you there. I was hoping no, for a little slice so of cake. It's just digital cake. It's just there to tease us and not not actually give us that satisfaction. But no, totally, like that, that's a totally great insight. And I think that really is it. It's like listening paying attention and understanding yeah um what, say, that, say that again i missed that oh sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm joking <laughs> you only got me because we were having those technical glitches and i, I was like oh crap has happened again <laughs> good one good yeah, one that was good uh, the dad jokes are always the best <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a dad so i can actually get away with dad jokes now I'm no absolutely yeah, and I was actually going to add that in that, you know, listening and paying attention as parents, it's like, uh, it's, you know, sometimes you have to really listen and be patient, even when you're, I don't know, getting kicked or punched yeah, or something by that's little it. hands and feet. And it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it really trains you to listen, even when you're feeling like uh, you're not sure if you actually want to. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And patience, it definitely develops patience. Yeah. Um, which again, I think is important. If you if you want, to, I don't think this is too much of a stretch. But from from a conversational AI point of view, there's a temptation and a feeling I think from businesses that this thing is a very quick thing, a quick turnaround <laughs> thing that you can deliver in a week, and all of a sudden all your problems will be solved. But actually, it does require a great deal of patience and a great deal of persistence because ninety percent of the time on day one you're going to figure out that all of the assumptions that you had <laughs> have been challenged by the unpredictability of how people actually respond to kind of prompts. And so being patient enough to build out a kind of optimization roadmap and having the dedication to stick with it is where all of the success comes from, basically. Aye, totally, totally. And just to add on to that, like a different viewpoint, the, the bot has no patience. 
you teach mm -hmm. a bot to solve a problem and it's just going to keep trying to solve that report that problem over and over again so you know it's like uh thinking about how the the relationship is between bot and user it's it's always just looking for the problem to solve that has been trained on mm. and never approaching it from a sort of patient like hmm do i really understand this you know like do it how how deeply have i considered this it's like mm. it's only up to us to train those bots to be able to uh understand people and you know because as soon as they're in there they're just rapidly trying to solve stuff right exactly exactly yeah yeah um, so I want to give you 30 seconds go. <laughs> okay. we, we've kind of, I mean, I like we've basically, yeah, we've basically warmed up already because I usually put this in there to get, get the interviewees warmed up and we're kind of there, but I've, I've prepared a few that I really want to get your opinions on. So, <laughs> All right. yeah, you've got 30 seconds for each of these. And as you're yeah. my boss, I'm not going to mark you down if you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my very, I'll do my absolute best. Yeah. And the first, well, this one's, this is going to be fun. So, <clears throat> and context for anyone who doesn't know, and I think everybody who watches VOX World and all of your videos knows already, but Winston is Kane's dog. <laughs> so, Kane, <laughs> when Winston takes you for walkies, is he yeah. feeding you the lines that you say to camera? He is, actually. Um, he's a he's a little muse, Winston, and uh, he he we have long deep conversations about uh, about this stuff, about content strategy, about uh, you know specific kind of creative angles, um, and all that lot. The thing about Winston, sometimes you might notice is that he's um, speaking of patience. Winston is a very impatient dog, um, and he really just wants to kind of get somewhere. You know, Winston doesn't kind of enjoy a stroll. He really has somewhere to be, even if that place to be ultimately is back at the house. And so sometimes, <clears throat> what's what's funny, I quite laugh sometimes. If you if you watch some of the videos, you'll see every now and then there'll be me like a bit of a jolt forward kind of thing, <laughs> and it's Winston's just got a scent and he's just off. You know what I mean? So yeah. it definitely has a, a big impact on them videos, and it they wouldn't be the same without him because everyone that watches them always comments on Winston. So it's like yeah. the videos, in part, you know aside from the nonsense i tend to spout the videos are really just about documenting winston's walks <laughs> well sure yeah i guess that's like a subplot really yeah it's a subplot yeah the journey of yeah. winston yeah uh, the journey of winston but yeah um he, he seems like an amazing dog maybe one day i'll get to meet him i've only seen yeah him video and photo. i know i know i don't tend to take him to events and stuff like that because uh not everywhere is dog friendly ben as you might imagine that's true that's true <laughs> yeah it's one of those challenges of life that maybe conversational AI can't help. Anyway, we're way over 30 <laughs> seconds for that, but good answer. So now let's get a bit more serious. <clears throat> so five years of VUX world, what surprised you the most about the industry when you started VUX world? Um, I was Honestly, I was surprised that there was even an industry and there was even a community of, of things going on. Like that was the actually... On, on day one, the most surprising thing. I, I remember buying the domain name in June 2017. And that was after, I, I think I actually saw an advert for Alexa. I hadn't even interacted with an Amazon device yet. I just saw an advert somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, it may, for some, obviously, you know, you know my background, very similar to yours, music production um, and, and, you know, user experience design and, and writing and stuff like that. And as soon as I kind of saw this advert, I thought, what's going on here? Like someone's talking to a device. Therefore, there's an there's a experiential kind of angle to this, whatever this thing is, that someone's having some kind of experience with this device. And there's a writing element involved inherently because this thing is talking back. And it's not doesn't sound to me as though it's like just making up stuff. It's like it's, ask, it's answering questions. And then at the same time, it's audio. And so there has to be a way of thinking about how you craft that experience using audio. And immediately I thought to myself, if, if, if you could create things for this device, it would be absolutely amazing. And I just remember, th- this, is, this is all just seeing like a 10-second advert and all this stuff's going on in my head. Like, imagine being able to create experiences where people are able to have a conversation with the application that you've built or the business that you are. And in the course of that conversation, you're able to craft an experience that is a voice-only experience. I thought that'd be fantastic. Voice, yeah. it would be like a voice user experience, VUX. And I thought straight away, I'm going to VUX world. That's a that's a an idea for a podcast that will explore this stuff, the ability to create voice user experiences for these kind of devices. And I registered the domain name, and then nothing happened for about six months because okay. I couldn't find anybody that was doing it. And I didn't even know at the time, as I said, I didn't know you could do it. So the first three months after registering the domain name was me just investigating this Alexa platform. Like, what is it? It wasn't, I think it had just done, just launched in the UK. Um, and so I ended up kind of having a couple of conversations with people over the next few months and stuff like that. And then eventually I think in sort of like, I think it must've been November, I discovered the VoiceBot podcast and the This Week in Voice podcast. And that was the most surprising thing. Was that there's actually people that I think the, the This Week in Voice podcast launched pretty much when I bought the domain name. VoiceBot, I think, had been publishing articles for about a year. Maybe the podcast launched a couple of months prior. And that was the most surprising thing. It was like, actually, there's people that do do this thing. And then yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Well, you know, This Week in Voice is news. VoiceBot is kind of news and industry sort of like analysis kind of stuff. There's nothing around which actually gets into how how do you do it? What's the practical realities of doing it? And then that's kind of, that's where it sort of came from. So yeah, the most surprising thing was it's actually a thing. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And it sounds like the timing was incredible. You, it, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it seems that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. The timing of the answer to that question wasn't because it was well longer than 30 seconds. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the timing was great. And and <clears throat> what's, what's interesting is that um, at the time, I remember saying to myself, like I, I, before that, I'd done loads of different things, and I'd always, you know, dotted around and from from design to writing to you know various different business ideas and <clears throat> all this kind of stuff. And I'd, I'd tried, I would say, between ten and fifteen different types of things that were that the aim was to to sort of create a business from it. And mm-hmm. with this, I thought to myself, there was no question for me in November when I first started recording the first episodes of the podcast. There was no question at all that this is going to be a thing. Um, how big it will be, who knows, but it's definitely going to be a thing. And so I said to myself, I'm just going to give myself three years. I'm not going to do any other writing. I'm not going to do any other web design jobs. I'm not going to work for anyone else doing anything else. I'm going to keep this job I've got now and I'm just going to use that to pay the bills and I'm going to throw everything into this other thing for three years and uh, and see where it goes. And so it turns out that in hindsight, the timing was great. Um, but at the time, I always knew it would be something. I just didn't know exactly what it 
you know what the industry would become basically yeah totally totally and um one thing that i'm just thinking is that you know i remember the early episodes there was one in particular it was Ilana Mayer and Brian Bauman, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Ilana had a different surname at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I remember listening to that. It was like my first days as a conversation designer and yeah. listening to that. And it was really very helpful to me to get an understanding of the industry. And you must have had so many other people contacting you like, wow, this has really helped me to get started. Yeah. Uh, and still to this day, you know, students and stuff like that add me on LinkedIn and, and you know, they're trying to figure out how to get into this sort of industry and what that looks like. Um, that episode itself was actually my first days as a VUI designer, if you remember, yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah. the term conversation designer wasn't really a term. Uh, what was interesting is that VUX as a, as a name was obviously intended to be voice user experience. And at the time in June, 2017, there was only two mentions of this word on Twitter that I found after I'd registered the domain name. So it wasn't really a term that was very well used. And yeah. if you remember, there was the, the whole concept of VUI design existed from the IVR days, the old nuance days and stuff like that. Um, conversation design didn't really exist. And uh, as we've noticed sort of like with voice assistants, essentially being underpinned by the same fundamental technology as chatbots and or any other conversational kind of assistant, the term kind of VUI design has become less relevant because if you're designing for voice, you can just as well design for chat or messaging. And so the, this term conversation design kind of came and, and arose probably in like 2018, 2019. But yeah, that first episode was was VUI, my first days as a VUI designer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It was a great one. It was a great one. Um, you're kind of like you're answering so many of the questions that I've got here in different bits. But there's one more 30 seconds ago I want to give you just to see what you say. And like what is like the first words that jump into your head when I say artificial intelligence? Ooh. Uh, the words customer experience, uh, business uh, transformation. And I was the, the words that instinctively come to mind is future, but I don't think that necessarily applies because the future is is right now basically. Um, but yeah, customer experience, business transformation, change, uh, future—those are kind of the things that that pop up. Yeah, I totally get you. Totally get you. And I guess with the future thing, it's like you know we're using it it's in the present but you can see how it's still got development to happen right like leading mm. way off into the future um so it's it's both it's it's not like yeah. what we have in the present is the end story it's yeah it's got a lot of future yeah in many cases people kind of i remember in the kind of early days of alexa and stuff like that people used to say that where we are now if you're comparing it to the web is we're in the kind of HTML phase where we're building the building blocks of the website using HTML and inline CSS to put some colors and stuff like that in there. Um, Whereas what we really need is JavaScript, for example, that will allow us to do more um, and stuff like that. And a whole bunch of other technologies that have made kind of mobile applications prevalent and stuff. And so it's kind of like, I think that was the case. We had the raw tools there, which was kind of like the NLU. And then as you sort of go over the next few years, you've got other tools that, are, that have come around for NLU management, stuff like that, conversation design and all that lot. And then maybe the equivalent of JavaScript may end up being large language models, um, which then starts to 
change from more basic HTML web pages into more interactive mobile-first applications. That's maybe the analogy I would sort of draw, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, although the jury is obviously still out on all of this kind of stuff. But you're right. You can see that today, compared to where we were five years ago, it's very different in terms of technology capabilities, very different in terms of proven use cases and business value that's being generated, very different in terms of best practice in terms of how to do this kind of stuff um, has definitely evolved. And we can see the like things that need to be improved are kind of like paths towards that kind of future, if you like, which is it's nice to be able to usually obviously you don't know what's going on. Nobody expected ChatGPT to kind of, you know, really galvanize everybody basically around the, to- the topic of, of AI. So you don't really know what's going to happen, but you can see that there's ways and our steps to be taken to make things better sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Cause it's something to work towards, isn't it? You know? Yeah, totally, totally. And so to ground that, you know, thinking of, uh, UX world, like, you know, there's been a lot of evolution within the five years that you've been doing this. Can you mm-hmm. give a sort of summary of what you've seen happening that's led us to this point, uh, in, in the yeah. time? been interviewing people and researching the industry and writing about it yeah so i would say that in 2017 2018 19 and 20 uh what you had was kind of two different communities that were totally disconnected beginning to emerge one was the voice assistant community of people building alexa skills and google actions and stuff like that really interested in uh the the future of these kind of inanimate devices that you can talk to and then the other was the community that was kind of spurred off off the back of Facebook opening its messenger platform to be able to have conversations in there, which kind of kicked off that first wave of chatbots, basically. Chatbots kind of existed prior to 2016, 2017, but, you know, that was the real sort of enablement of website chat and, and messenger sort of chat. And so you had like chatbot, yeah, yeah. So you had chatbot developers that were doing their thing, and then you had kind of like, the, the voice community that was doing its thing. Um, and VUX World at the beginning was really focusing on those voice assistants and voice technology in general. Um, and then I think what I realized and observed very quickly when you start really getting into it and you start really kind of peeling back the layers of the onion is you realize that what what is the kind of commonalities here? Well, the commonalities is one, it's conversational. And so it doesn't matter if it's text or voice, the, the premise is that you're having a conversation. And underneath it, the natural language component is the kind of key enabler of all of this stuff. There's no, I mean, speech recognition is useful on its own, as as has been proven for lots of lots of different use cases. But from a conversational AI point of view, and automating conversations, you really need the NLU part um, to make anything happen. So, the, those two worlds began to sort of collide. I would say in maybe it's twenty. 19 2020 perhaps and that's kind of what vux would started to do is looking more at some chat uh use cases mm-hmm. and i remember the first few episodes i did i can't remember exactly who it was with but i remember the first few episodes that i did that was looking at chat and it kind of felt it felt a bit strange i was thinking like it's people who are listening to vux world really going to be interested in chat like for me it was a case of it's common the commonality is nlu really what we should be exploring is nlu because that's the enabler of all of this stuff and so yep. vux world kind of went from looking at purely voice to looking at voice and chat in all of its guises. And then the third, th- the second thing rather that, that changed probably in 2020 is that 
my background is in sort of digital service design, digital transformation, you know, organizational change and, and implemented new technologies that transform the way businesses operate to deliver new services, to deliver new products in, in innovative ways. And so it was weird because that was my background for, you know, almost a decade prior to discovering uh, Alexa and starting BOX World. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all of the use cases that were coming around with Alexa and this, that, and the other were all marketing-based use cases. Now, I've got a marketing degree. I've, I've worked at marketing agencies, so I have that in me. And so that's kind of, I was gravitating towards that, and that was fine. But deep down, I was thinking the real power of this technology really is to, to transform the way businesses operate, transform mm-hmm. the way businesses deliver services to customers, transform that customer experience and reduce that friction so that people can get done whatever they need to get done from wherever they are on any device, and it's all frictionless. Um, and so in late 2019, I started sort of looking more into how can businesses use this properly? You know, how can they use it to automate conversations, to automate processes, to streamline processes? And so I started looking at the contact center and the call center as a way of, of doing that. And uh, so I started covering that a lot more in 2020. And then what ended up happening is in 2020, I think, or 2021, I did a poll on LinkedIn and I asked um, what, where do you think the most opportunity is for voice uh, automation, voice AI? And I give a, four options, Alexa and Google Assistant and voice assistants, uh, contact center, call center, uh, kind of apps and websites or something else. And in 2021, Alexa was by far and away the most voted for um, thing on that poll. I did the same thing last week and Call center absolutely blows every other option out of the water by about six, about 70% of, of the 250 odd people that voted think the opportunities are there. And that's so, incredible. which is crazy. Yeah. So that's the thing that's changed in the yeah. last, since we started covering it and started working on it in 2020, it seems as though the rest of the world has woken up to it. And that seems to be where all of this energy is being placed now is how mm-hmm. can we use natural language processing technologies to make businesses more efficient? to make people more efficient and to make experiences better for customers. And that's yeah. basically where we focus most of our time now. We still look at all of the other stuff, all of the consumer stuff, the marketing stuff, all of that kind of stuff is still part of what we cover, obviously, as you know. But our kind of core activity from a business point of view is, is in that kind of business transformation space. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's kind of, it feels like quite an obvious place to use this incredibly powerful technology to apply it to the call center, which doesn't mean that that's the only place that's going to be innovated. You know, it's like, yeah. that's that's a great place to do it now and probably forevermore. But as well, this technology can be used in many other places, right? Some which yeah. are still yet to be found. Of course. I, I, I think what we'll see is that um, the challenge with Alexa and Google Assistant and those platforms is that they're third-party platforms and that you don't have any control really over the customer experience because you don't get enough data from the platforms to be able to properly craft an experience. Yeah. We know how important data is, you know, customer data to be able to drive conversations and then the flexibility to be able to build whatever features you need to build in order to bring the experience that you need. Yeah. Uh, and those platforms are really prohibitive in doing that. And so a lot of companies were hesitant to, to go ahead with Alexa and Google Assistant for those reasons and also for IP reasons, like do we really want to have Amazon collecting our data and doing all this kind of stuff? And so there was a hesitancy there. Um, the difference here is that when you look at 
kind of enterprise use cases. You're automating chat conversations, email conversations, messaging conversations, internal conversations within the business, um, voice conversations. What it ends up doing is a business can generate its own IP based on the conversations that it has with its customers and generate its own kind of, and I remember having this conversation with um, Matt, I forget his name, he was from Betaworks, who was a, which was an investment company. Uh, and he spoke about, in 2018, he spoke about how Uber is a brain. And mm -hmm. what Uber does basically is Uber has this brain that can pair people that need a lift with people who can give them a lift. And the mechanisms that sit inside of Uber are completely channel independent doesn't matter whether you order it on your watch, whether you order it on a website, whether you order it on the app, it doesn't really matter to Uber because what matters is the brain that they've built. Mm -hmm. And this is where this is what we're trying to encourage and where, where businesses in some cases are getting to is that they've understood that in creating conversational AI conversations and automating conversations with customers, they're in the process of building a brain, you know, yeah. a brain for their company. And if you can build that brain properly and you can have effective conversations that add value to the business, then you can have that conversation principally on any channel. Now, the interaction will change. Your language model might change depending on what channels you deploy it on. But fundamentally, the rules and the logic behind the conversation patterns, the business rules and the process will all stay the same. And so as you've built this brain and you're able to have conversations on WhatsApp or Facebook or Google My Business or on a chatbot on your website or in your call center, you're then able to be a lot more flexible in terms of where you put that conversation to be had. And what I think we'll see, getting around to that, where I started, what I think we'll see is in time, if Alexa can hang around long enough and still be used and still get adopted and adoption increases, I think we'll start to see businesses eventually saying, hmm, we've already got this brain here. They can have conversations on any channels. Why don't we stick it on Alexa? Why don't we make this available through Serens so that people in the cars can have conversations with it? Why don't we make this available on other websites potentially like we'll link into other websites that have chatbots that are adjacent to ours, but we've got relevant services, we can hook into that. And all of a sudden, I think we'll start to see that sort of, um, the thing we've been talking about for for uh, half a decade now, which is this ambient computing platform where you can get anything done from anywhere you are at any point yeah. in time. You know, It's just a longer journey than I thought it would be. Yeah, totally, totally. It, what you're talking about is making me think of what we're saying at the start with listening that you know, essentially companies need this brain, which is basically listening to all the conversations and rooting them as required, you know, having the ability to, as, as we can, like listen to stuff and then analyze what's the best thing to do with what they're hearing and connecting mm -hmm. people to the right things. Um, yeah. And definitely, yeah, with Alexa, it's um, maybe the timing just wasn't quite right, but the advances it's made has been incredible. You know, I think it's, uh, what what's happened with Alexa and Google Assistant to a certain extent you could say that's kind of built a lot of the industry that we're looking at now right even though definitely. the focus may have shifted yeah definitely I think that there's there's a lot of people right now that that are kind of working in this thing full-time because of the fact that Amazon created this device I'm definitely one of them um 100 yeah. you know um so yeah it's it's definitely been the catalyst I mean the timing, I think, was actually good timing, really, because what what else would have, what else, where would we be if it wouldn't, if that hadn't have existed? I don't think that kind of chatbots themselves would have gathered enough momentum if it wasn't for a good proportion of people that come from the Alexa sort of world and sort of said, look, we can make really, you know, bring those skills into here. 
I mean, maybe it would, you know, that's that's probably a bit of a uh, a bit of a stretch. I'm not saying that it wouldn't necessarily, but I think definitely for me personally, Alexa was a real catalyst. Um, and I think it was for many others as well. So I think the timing was actually probably good. The challenge, uh, we've documented the challenges on the podcast numerous times, you know, regarding the closed platform, the discovery challenges, the monetization challenges, recurring or returning user challenges, all that kind of stuff is all still there. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, you know, for a, from a product standpoint, the first product that was ex- that existed, that existed purposefully to speak to, and that's it, was actually pretty revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it if it incorporates potentially some more of that, not generative stuff on the generation side, but a little bit more um, kind of maybe some of that LLM technology on the understanding side and galvanizes companies to be able to plug in their chatbots and voice assistants into the ecosystem, it still does have potential, I think, absolutely longer term, um, if, if that's the way they decide to go, you know. Yeah, totally, totally. Um Great stuff, Ken. So it's like, you know, we're often having these chats behind closed doors. So I'm just thinking, what's the most useful thing for now that we're being recorded for other people to hear? Because, you know, like, because you've been doing this five years, like you've li- you are the brain that's been listening to, to so many people in the industry and you've collected the, the you know, most useful perspectives on everything. Um, so maybe a nice question just for you is like what inspires you to keep pushing forward wow that's a good question (laughs) i don't know to be honest i still you know this this stuff is aligned quite kind of closely to everything that i've always done throughout my whole life you know it's like one of those sort of like um aha moments kind of thing you know the voice side of things you need to be able to design you need to be able to write you need to understand audio you need to understand business and the business value it's going to it's going to generate all the things i've done since since forever basically all kind of play a, a big role in this whole thing um and also I, I genuinely like the whole content creation side of it as well aside from the sort of consulting stuff like I, I genuinely enjoy speaking to people i enjoy learning new things uh, I enjoy creating those little videos with Winston. I enjoy writing those articles. Like it's just that I just enjoy every single part of it, you know. And and over the last sort of year, with with you coming on board and you know the team beginning to sort of establish itself and stuff like that, it's like that. Genuinely, there is an absolutely fantastic group of people that that I get the opportunity to work with every day, um, and the work itself I absolutely love. And so it's kind of those are the things I think now that that keep me going. One is a, a, a deep, deep interest still and passion for this technology i'm interested in where it goes i'm interested in helping shape where it goes i've got a huge passion for the benefits that it can bring and i want to see that those benefits realized for customers and businesses all over the world um and and i love i love the people that i'm spending my time with so it's uh yeah that's what keeps me keeps me going oh man that was sweet (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it is an awesome team and you built this you know like we i think we i think the thing the thing that that is refreshing around all of this is that everyone that's involved is really passionate the same as i am around the technology and i think that's 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 the sort of that's what what you want really you know you want people who are kind of really passionate about the technology believe in the technology believe in the good that it can do and really want to kind of affect affect that affect people's lives and the interactions they have affect the businesses that utilize it um 
and that's that's kind of what it is and, and absolutely you know even from from day one i was never really on my own i dustin was hosting the podcast as well for the first kind of few years and stuff like that he was really important and really instrumental um and everyone who's come on board over the last sort of you know year or two is 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 just as or if not more so instrumental as well so it's it's like yeah i, I hopefully like to think that uh we're sort of building this thing together really and uh i genuinely think that the opportunities for for this technology are absolutely all around us you know it's absolutely everywhere and so uh yeah it's a it's a pleasure to be able to to do this every day it's amazing amen amen to that <laughs> i think i need to let you go because I, I i know your schedule and we've got meetings coming up. yeah <laughs> so. well maybe one final maybe one question for you back at you would be um what kind of excites you about this uh, about this industry, about this technology, and and all that kind of stuff. Oh, thank you. Um, well, you know, like there's a lot that you've said that I would definitely repeat. You know, so I, I probably shouldn't, but same experience, and you know, seeing the opportunities to work in my experience with audio, and even I think <clears throat> in terms of voice, we're still at the sort of point where people, you know, we have SSML for text to speech, and it's it's kind of good enough for making an expressive voice, but really you can't go very far with it. And then there's these amazing advances like speak, speech to speech, where it's so close to what I used to be doing with actors for you know TV or film, where they were really expressing themselves as fully as possible. And now we can actually do that synthetically. It's utterly incredible. So that excites me. Um, I think really, you know, to try and sum it up, when I know we've not got much time, it's really the, you know, the fact that we're creating this ambient device that is a computer that, you know, if it's a voice device, you can have that with you while you're doing lots of other stuff, you know, like the fact, like, as I'm talking to you now on, on my computer, this is pretty much my everything right now. This little box is containing you know, enough of my attention that I'm not aware of anything else. But if it's an ambient computer that I can talk to, I can be driving or out for a walk or doing something else where it's safe for me to be using a computer. And it can do so many things, I think, efficiently, as you're saying, with data, with the right connections, that this, like, it can really transform lives. It can, it can make so many of the activities we do every day much more pleasurable and easier. Um, mm. and like to be involved in that, like working with lovely teams, great people like yourself, like, you know, that, that really excites me. It's, um, I think we can, there's so much potential that's still to be realized. Um, and yeah, I'm excited by that. Nice. Everything. I think everything fundamentally can be boiled down to a conversation or at least an utterance that could yeah. trigger something to get done. Um, and so, like, just think about all the things that you do on a daily basis. Every single app that you use, every website you use, every button that you click, every mouse that you swipe, every ta every single thing could be. It's not necessarily that it would be the right application uh, of the technology, but but technically speaking, I think you could reduce everything to a conversational interface, um, which is why it's so exciting because that's the that's where the opportunity is. That's where the possibilities are. It's in every, <laughs> every single thing that you 
do pretty much every time you touch a machine or computer or system of any description um there's an opportunity for a conversational interface there which is yeah amazing it's mind-blowing so <laughs> yeah so um yeah thanks kane thanks firstly thanks for this interview secondly thanks because you're my boss and you know i'm very much <laughs> enjoying working with you and thirdly thanks for five years of vux world Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good being on the on the other end of it, and and genuinely the the Conversation Squared podcast has been an absolute kind of breath of fresh air because cool. uh, we mentioned off air during the the initial technical glitches that what's really great is that the conversational AI community, as growing as it is, there is so much talent in there that up until now has been just impossible to to get round to everyone to have them on the show. Um, and I think that what, what you're doing with the Conversation Squared podcast is fantastic because it enables us to do a lot more, create a lot more content and get to those people who've got talent and experience uh, and really valuable insights to share. Um, we're able to do it, you know, more regularly, which is great. Um, so if you haven't been on the Conversation Squared podcast and you want to chat conversation design, then uh, reach out to Ben, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please do. We, we want many more voices and perspectives on it. So I'm looking at my clock and we're yeah. due in a client meeting. We are. <laughs> so we should <laughs> we probably go. wrap this up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks so much, Kane. Um, and yeah, amazing. Five years of VUX world. That's that's an achievement. Well done. Thank you. And thank you for, for joining us uh, on the journey. And uh, here's to five, five more and many more, hopefully. <laughs>